This edition of the Random Rambles with Rob podcast has been brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped, offering you precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. The Manscaped engineering team has spent over 18 months perfecting their greatest ball hair trimmer ever. Ever. They obsess over their technology and developments to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience. Try the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to the advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. Head over to manscaped.com and get 20% off your order plus free shipping when you use promo code RANDOM. Here we go. You are now listening to Random Rambling with Rock. You're ready for some random shit from Rob Now everybody stand up and lift your arms Put your hands in the sky like you're pinching stars Go piss on Mars! What? It's so random, it's all gravy The podcast is Rob's, yeah, go crazy Yup And all kind of shit like that That's what Rob says when he runs off track Fun fact, tuck that in your brain Fuck that, nutsacks, we act insane And the fast lane's still smooth like butter Rob, dude, you uncool ass brother Motherfucker You might hear that about every other word But who's keeping count? The ramblings get so random What's happening, I'm babbling so much you can't handle me chattering teeth Sound like a battle axe bashing the beat Don't laugh when I speak Cause really, we're just some idiots I ain't talking about a little bit I'm talking fully illiterate Like little kids trapped in a grown man's body Acting a fool like Lindsay Lohan Party like it's a part of your life We party all night Blackout, that's how we party it right Hit the Walmart cause we bored as shit Instagram and upload the video <laughs> look, at, look at Rob hanging out in the Walmart For no reason, just Instagram And he got his phone out Walking around looking at himself like Hey, look at me, I'm walking through Walmart. It's so random, Rob. It's so random, random. but that's what we love. Random ramblings with random Rob. Ramblings. Random ramblings. Motherfucking random freaking ramblings. motherfucking random ramblings. Random ramblings. Random ramblings. Blah, 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 What up, everybody? This is your boy, B-Rob, and I'm back with another edition of the Random Ramblings with Rob podcast. First and foremost i'd like to thank you the listener for coming back each and every week or however you listen to podcasts if you're a first-time listener i'd like to thank you all so much for giving my show a try and if you're in the vicinity of the person that recommended you to me safely sanitized before and after reach over and give them a crisp high five but if you want to be a little more socially conscious and safe go ahead and take your social media app of choice and uh, craft them a well-thought-out DM telling them thank you for recommending you to me. Speaking of social media, you can find The Random Realms with Rob on various social media platforms to include Twitter at 3RShow, Instagram at The3RShow, Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash 3RShow. There's some video content on YouTube. Search 3RShow. And for anything that I have may have, that, that I may have forgotten, to mention <laughs> oh man I, don't, I stumbled on that but um whatever i forgot to say you can go to randomrob.com and that is randomrob.com to where you can find all my social media all the episodes for this podcast and wrestling is trash and whatever have you merchandise all that stuff can be found on randomrob.com all right so 
we in 2021. It's almost February. We're almost two months in. And I had to have somebody put that in perspective for me. Um, I think it was Friday. I was at work. And our building is partially closed. So people that would come there normally when we were fully functional to um, do their business, um, they do it all via the telephone now. And there's information plastered on the door because there was no notice or anything pushed through the court system saying that, hey, you don't have to come to the building. Just take this number down and you can do all your things from home over the phone. There was nothing pushed out that way. So people had to come from far and wide to the facility to read a sign on the door saying that they're closed and they can go home and call in and do their business over the phone. So the wordage on the sign is not very well written. So I often find myself and my coworkers going out to tell the people, hey, the building is closed. Just take these numbers down and call from your home and they'll give you instruction from there. So someone came and they took down the numbers and they did not go home and call. They called in front of the building thinking somebody was going to come outside and, you know, tend to their needs, which that is not the case. So they knocked on the door hard, vigorously, loud, multiple times, even though all the doors are locked and not very many cars are there to indicate that the building, yes, is closed. Even the signage on it says closed, but they still have to try because I understand they don't want to get in trouble. They're there to do what they were told to do by a judge. So they don't want to get in trouble. I can understand the feeling. So go out there. I'm like, hey, you're here to do X, Y, Z. It's like, yes, I am here to do X, Y, and Z. But um, I read the paper and I called the numbers and nobody's answering. Well, there's a lot of things going on. They're working with a limited staff and a lot of people is trying to call to get their business done just like you. So just take down the numbers, call Monday through Friday, eight to three. And as long as you talk to somebody, you won't have any problems. And it was like, so when are you going to be open again? I was like, I do not know. I have not a clue. If you talk to somebody on that number that's on the paper, when you call, you can ask them that and they can probably give you better guidance than I have. I said the building has been closed since March. And when I said those, I say those words a lot to people, not even thinking that I'm talking about March of 2020. It's January, almost February of 2021. So because I do this every day, I do it multiple times a day that didn't register to me in the moment so i told the guy that i was like hey the building's been closed since march we've been this is how everything has been getting done since march he was like you mean march of last year and i paused because i was like you mean i've been doing this for a year almost already telling these people that hey you can do this from home and it just became it became a routine you know for over a year well not over a year yet but uh, almost a year that i've been telling people hey the building is closed you can report in from home and i was just like wow it just dawned on me that we've been in this situation for better part of a year almost and it's just crazy 
just starting to get the vaccine out there. And, you know, I don't know. It's, it's just mind-boggling me how quickly time passes. And, you know, I, it probably passed fast a little bit for me because I'm one of the fortunate ones to be essential and still being out there to work. But for the people that it's not that fortunate, they're just sitting home and are doing whatever else is just time has probably went so slow. And I'm, man, that makes me feel bad. But huh, we'll get through it. It just, it just is what it is. I just wanted to put that out there because that was just like, wow, it's almost been a year of this and everything. But in reference to this episode, uh, I was fortunate enough to be a guest on my homeboy, Josh Lopez. You know, I got to be podcast with him for a little bit. He invited me on this little side project to where we just shoot the shit. It wind up turning into a professional wrestling podcast because, I mean, that's something that we enjoy very passionate about and I think I told him or it was the other show that I guested on not too long ago the Hill Hills Pops and Chair Shots podcast I found out that I really enjoy professional wrestling but I don't love it I've seen people who love professional wrestling and I'm not on that level I enjoy watching it I enjoy interacting with people who also enjoy professional wrestling. I like talking about it and everything, but I've seen people who love professional wrestling. I mean, foregoing, you know, meals and, you know, financial shit to see their favorite professional wrestler. I mean, I've seen somebody not buy food because they want to pay that money for a meet and greet to see their favorite professional wrestler. And that is love, sir. I ain't missing no meals to meet uh, somebody I really enjoy watching on TV, you know? I ain't, I, ain't, I ain't about that life. I ain't about to skip no bills or nothing to go to an event to see my favorite wrestler. Nah, we ain't, we ain't having that, player. But got to talk with, with the man, Josh. Um, this episode came out, I think, last week or the week before. Time is working different for me. I I told you, I just realized that I've been in a building that is closed and giving these instructions for almost a year now. So, I mean, if it came out last week or the week before, I I just don't recall. I mean, everything is moving very, very rapidly for me. But um, we shoot the shit. And that's what I bring to you today. Um, All my social media and all my jobber jagging is going to be inside of this episode. So without further ado. It's just me and Josh Lopez shooting the shit. Hope you enjoy. Be safe out there. Year is going to come 2023 and I'm be like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> but uh, enjoy the episode and I'll see you next time. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know what in the blue hell to call this, but this is a extension of the Hoots podcast. Hope you guys are enjoying your weekends, if you will, as Dusty Rhodes would say. It's just truly the nefarious brother, Adam. You can follow me at Twitter at the Hoots Podcast. I'm also on Instagram at JoshyLopez94. Uh, if you want to see me do some cool guitar covers as well, check out at Josh Lopez Music. Um, in the next coming weeks, I don't, I don't know if I'll do this every week, but every other week or maybe a monthly special, I'm bringing back a lot of good brothers and re- like really close friends of mine to come on here and just um, – 
basically shoot the shit. <laughs> I it was the inception of the Hoots podcast was actually something that me and Adam did uh before we like joined together. Uh and we called it shooting the shit. <laughs> it's on the YouTube channel. You guys could go find it back in the day, but um have it. <laughs> yeah, so um five years later, man, we've got the Hoots podcast, and I think um an uh, unsung hero of this show and a guy that played a pivotal role in my media career is joining me today. Uh, the master of the random brand, random Roblings with B Rob, we <laughs> are show wrestling is trash, God knows what else. Uh, yes. one of the most funniest and most genuine guys I've ever met in my life. Um, B Rob, what's up, man? Man, a whole bunch of nothing. Glad I finally made it over here because I know Matt been over here like three or four times and shit. And here I am just making my it's 2021. God damn it. Yeah. Well, you you, you do your uh I know. I'm you, you do your regular people job shifts. That's why. Yeah, you, you, you are correct. You're I am fortunate and unfortunate enough to be essential. Tell me how's things uh going on with Walmart. Oh, it's it's still in disarray. You know, I can't never find the same shit in the same aisle twice. So, I mean, it is what it is. I found a lot of interesting life choices have been made within the hollow halls of Walmart, especially when you go down the alcohol aisle. You get oh, to wow. see, you know, people chose food, you know, rather, I mean, chose alcohol rather than food. You see them, you go down a, the alcohol aisle because, I, you know, I, I partake. I like to get a bottle of wine to share with Mrs. B. Rob or whatnot. And go down there, got a whole beef butt just sitting in there or whatever. Somebody literally went to the meat aisle, grabbed this whole big half pound fucking butt roast, walked all the way to the liquor aisle with it, (laughs) looked around, said, fuck this, I'm giving me a six pack. Put it down, left it there, just grab the six pack and go. I mean... That, that's that's the highlight of my trip when I go to Walmart to see what people left in the liquor aisle to see what decisions and choices they made with their life. I know there was a big trend once this uh, pandemic first started about people like trampling over each other with paper towels and oh. a bunch of shit. Has anything new come up since there's, I don't know if you would call any evolution of this shit. I mean, we still don't know who to trust as far as vaccines are concerned, but like, you notice any other trends as far as people and how they handle themselves at these stores um that initial push when that happened or whatnot when they're all the toilet paper and everything was scarce and everything that was only the really one time that i could really recall it being that bad but it's been regularly replenishing now since time has passed and whatnot and the only thing that's not normal within the walls of walmart is they don't have uh, the freaking Clorox wipes no more. It's so much so that they can't get a supply of it in regularly that, that Walmart been ma- manufacturing their own shit pretty much. So, I mean, why not cut out the middleman when you can just make your own stuff? They've been making their own sanitizer. They've been making their own uh, sanitation wipes and Clorox wipes type things and everything. So, I mean, it's not short on nothing. I can go right now and get a bundle of toilet paper, uh, paper towels right now if I wanted to. And baby wipes. Because you should be wiping your ass with baby wipes. You Correct. Know, the only reason you need toilet paper is like to get the excess or whatever. You know, you, you clean up in there real good. If you don't like a damp booty hole or damp cheeks, get some toilet paper and get that excess <laughs> out of there. And there you go. <laughs> 
Oh, man. Um, Matt, what do you think about a bidet? Huh? What do you think about bidets? No comment. I don't know, man. I, I don't know. Because, I mean, I wasn't always a baby wipe guy. So, I mean, I, I made that transition from straight toilet paper to baby wipes. And then, you know, I kind of, like I said, the combo method or whatever. I used the, the wipes to get all the, the, the stuff out of there. Then I get the paper towel, uh, paper towel, toilet paper. I'm, I'm certainly, I'm, I'm for sure that some people enjoy that. But that's their prerogative if they if that's the route they it's want clean to go. Booty hole, man. I don't know. It's just right. you know, it, 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 there's <laughs> a lot of stigma and stereotypes and all kinds of oh man, you a certain type of way because you use a bidet or whatever. Oh man, you a man, man, you ain't boy have no water on your booty hole. But how you clean your booty hole with soap and water? It's just water cleaning your booty hole. I mean, <laughs> I haven't I haven't pulled the trigger on it, but it's been I've been <laughs> contemplating it in my mind because it's just like I thought the same way about. Baby wipes. I was like, man, I'm a grown ass man. I ain't be wiping my stuff with something that say baby in it. It say baby. It say baby wipes. It's for babies. I'm a man. God damn it. And then I wiped my ass with some baby wipes in the um, where where was I? I think I went on the field op. I was still in the military and we didn't have no toilet paper. Dude was like, hey man, try these baby wipes. And I had to shit real bad. So I had to do what I had to do. And you use the baby wipes and I was like, fuck, I've been missing out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I got to tell you, man, like over the years, what I've noticed, like what's manly and what's not is kind of changed yeah. over the years, especially with me. Like, I feel like I'm more mature for people my age. Like mm-hmm. I'm like the 25, like 30 area right now. And it's like, OK, what works for me obviously doesn't work for you. Like we're yeah. all different in our own ways. But more importantly, like at, at the point you I'm sure you know this, you got to this point when you know what you want to do and why you're doing it. It really doesn't fucking matter. What anybody <laughs> else. Yeah. Fuck them. It doesn't matter. <laughs> to so quote, uh, to quote, uh, what was his name? Bad luck. Fale. Fuck him. <laughs> yeah, fuck him. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, so we'll get to wrestling in a couple of minutes. I just wanted to let you know what's going on with me in the tattoo world. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've been you started your apprenticeship and everything. How is that going? Uh, it's going pretty good. I'm not drawing or doing any tattoos yet. That's a bad business uh, <laughs> business right there. Um, <laughs> I can't draw the same for my fucking life. But um, you can trace though. I believe in you. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, so, like, when it comes to the tattoo shop, I wear a lot of different hats. I They call me the tattoo doctor. I clean and sterilize all the tattoo tubes and okay, yeah. clans and all the dirty shit. Uh, essential. The, yeah, so I treat Mondays. Monday, I work at nights during the weekdays. So I don't, I don't really watch Raw live until I get home. Uh, so <laughs> I have my reservations about that, but we'll get that in the wrestling talk. <laughs> right <laughs> but for me when it comes to like the tattoo shop i'm like overseeing all the tattoos as well and i have to answer the phone and scan all these release forms and all this shit yeah. and the common thing i know is and we a month of a pandemic going on we had an election going on too and a bunch of other shit that you know 2020 was a year of a wake-up call and i think that's probably the most positive thing that came out of last year because it was necessary yeah. Um, I always feel like something that may hurt you or may 
make you feel vulnerable or something that pulls something out of you that maybe you haven't felt in a while and maybe you learn and grow from something. I think that's uh, very um, important in life. So I, I look at it that way, you know, the police brutality I've have, I have family members um, in Chicago who work in the police force and I've lived in bad neighborhoods and a lot mm-hmm. of stuff. And I think it always boggles down to one thing, a lack of self-awareness. Yeah. And an empathy that that's what it is in a nutshell. And, you know, the going to bring a lighter note to this. I was looking at um, how we were going with the tattoo shop because we do get like requests for like Trump stuff or Biden and stuff like that. You're going to love this. I had uh, this is, let's see, September. I had a guy in his 40s. To- totally white guy, I could tell on the phone, right? Mm-hmm. He's like, "Yo, man, um, <laughs> uh, would you be interested in helping me do a Make America Great tattoo for ten bucks?" What? Now, for disclosure, shop minimum for tattoos at Infinity, uh Studios is usually fifty, right? It's sixty. Oh, sixty. Yeah, it makes sense. It's about the right. Yeah. So minimum for shop tattoos are sixty bucks. I was like. I tell him what the price was, yada, yada, yada. He's like, um, is there not a presidential discount? (laughs) (laughs) Man, that's what 2020 has exposed. It exposed the people. These these type of people, man. It's just, especially just with everything that happened in uh, the Capitol, man. A lot of these people truly exposed themselves, man. And it's just like, you would think after so many years, so many centuries, so many decades that this stuff would eventually die out, but it's, it's, it's not happening because one thing you got those people that still hold on to those ideals or whatever, and they spread yeah. it to their fucking kids and those kids spread it to their grandkids or whatever and everything. And that's shows you that just the importance of influence on children. You would not your parents or your, your parent figure is um the one that, ultimately influences your life for the better or the worse and whatnot. So if you, if that's all you're exposed to as a child, man, you, you, the shit festers and grows in your DNA, man. It's just, it's horrible. (laughs) I know certain things in life are not real, but last year showed me that there are real life robots. Yeah. Like, there's some people that are just so stuck in their ways that they'll enable anything. I, I put this whole side on Facebook yesterday. Nothing that relates to me. Sometimes I have like observations and I, I like I like studying a lot of different quotes and learning about like communication and relationships, stuff like that. So yeah, I I'm sure you see like some of the like motivational stuff I put on like Instagram yeah. or whatever. A lot of times when I share those, they don't really pertain to what I'm going through at that time. I want it for people to like look at it and try to gain something because maybe they're down the dumpster about something but like i put it out if you enable a liar you'll enable anything mm-hmm. and that's what the root of it is with people that support donald trump they'll enable anything he does anything he says and it doesn't matter if they don't have when you when you're tied out to one person uh especially a jackass like that mm-hmm. i guess ethics and Human DC goes out the window. I mean, you know? I, I don't know, it's just it's extreme too. It's just like, all right, you can like somebody. I mean, but it's just if you lose, you lose. That's it. Then you move right. on. Because like right here, even in my neighborhood, 
they had a guy um i think lived a street or so over or two streets over from me he got this pickup truck and he would have his uh american flag on one side and he got his trump flag on the other side trump lost he took that flag down and i ain't never seen it since you know <laughs> I, I was just so like taken aback by the guy's bravado with asking for a presidential discount because i never heard of that in my entire yeah, that, life that's just and i was like, I, was like <laughs> I, told him, I told him straight up you know if there was a presidential discount this ain't the motherfucker i'm giving it for and i yeah. hung up on I was it like, Man, you're not the president you're not the president sir <laughs> yeah what do you mean he's the leader of our country i was like i don't give a fuck <laughs> And yeah, I, some people still act like tattoo shops are like McDonald's and you can just get away with certain requests for a certain amount of money. It just doesn't work that way. Like I, I always tell my uncle, we should like buy the like mini tattoo stickers that you get at like a CBS or whatever. Oh, like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You wet them up. Yeah. And... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a good idea. You're like, mm-hmm. yeah, what can I get for $10? There you go. Slide it across the desk. Here's that little thing right there. Go, go knock your socks off. <laughs> um by the way uh, congrats to your um saints uh putting my bears back into hibernation uh last week i just wanted to mention that really revenge is revenge <laughs> uh, <laughs> i never felt more dejected having a perfectly trick play go down and the motherfucker just drops it right when it's right in his hand. You know what I'm talking about. Mitch yeah. had the fucking bomb <laughs> to whims and boop. Like <laughs> can't win them all, man. Can't win them all. <laughs> can't win them all, man. Well, like, like I said, that's karma. That was just payback from that year y'all screwed us out of some shit. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the state did not let that go, man. I'm serious. It's just... um. I remember I went home to visit because I'm not in Louisiana. I'm from there, but I went home to visit and I went to GameStop and the new Madden was coming out for that follow following that. Yeah. And it had a picture of that blown play between um, Chicago and the Saints or whatever. And it's like, don't get screwed and reserve your copy of Madden now. I was like, God damn, this is so good. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, Whatever, I think I went somewhere to a restaurant. And they got like this uh, little chalkboard thing that they update the information for in there, and they put like the Wi-Fi pass word and all kind of stuff like that. And the Wi-Fi password there was like the Saints were screwed or something. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, they just they don't want to let it go, man. <laughs> um, well, what do you think about the uh, a uh, the old people's home game that we'll see tomorrow? You excited for it? Oh, um, who who's that? Because like Breeze and Brady. Oh yeah, I, I remember seeing a meme for that. They like really aged him. Re- 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 old. <laughs> I don't know. Breeze is probably going to go down as the greatest quarterback in NFL history, but he is also on the Saints. <laughs> you know, yeah. every time Drew Brees step on the field. It never fails. He's broken this record. He's broken this record. He's done this. He's done this. He's done this. And the Saints lose. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) What is this? What is happening? But I do appreciate his loyalty to the team and whatnot and staying around. Because, I mean, they are the ones that gave him his shot, his resurgence, and allowed him to make all these milestones in the NFL and everything. So I believe that's kind of why he's still there. Because he could have left a long time ago, especially after that – 
freaking uh that that pity Super Bowl win we got. And I could say that because I'm a lifelong Saints fan. So <laughs> Katrina happened, then we win the Super Bowl. I get it. You know, same thing. It took it took four years, but it happened. Yeah. Yeah. Then goddamn, okay. Uh, nah, you know what? I had another uh, similarity, but I ain't gonna bring that up. That's a you know, that, topic for some people. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of um, Michael Jordan's like last accomplishments he had with the Wizards. <laughs> okay, yeah, Michael broke another record, but the team still sucks like the Wizards. Though. <laughs> Good for you, Michael Jordan, but your team sucks. <laughs> yes, um, five years of random man. How's it oh feel, man? Oh boy, yeah, it it feels like something. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, January thirteenth, I I, re- I sat here in this very chair in front of this microphone and this camera, and I just kind of aired it all out. Um, you you talked earlier about um all the riots and all the Black Lives Matter stuff or whatever. Um, I've been kind of out of it since you know the, that stuff been starting and whatnot. I took uh, a mental health break for about a week away from social media and um, everything like that around that time frame and whatnot. And I don't, I haven't been right ever since. I mean, I'm good mentally, but it's just far as it pertains to the podcast and stuff. It's just, I was away from it. I didn't worry about it. I didn't do too much about it. Cause I, you know, I pre-record episodes. I just had everything already auto filled and aligned and everything. I didn't have to do shit with it. So I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't being active. I wasn't recording and everything. And it was kind of a break for me. And I was just like, I just sat there and I was like, why am I doing this shit? You know? And then um, the other day, uh, what was it? Um, I forgot. It was just my last episode, not the anniversary episode that's out now, but the one previous to that, the one that's going for this week with the Voices of Misery podcast. That was the first time that I talked to somebody to record an episode of this show since, I think, November. Wow. So 2021 has been, like, officially, like, the first episode that I've recorded in months with, you know, somebody. I mean, I've been on, I've been guest on other shows. I've been doing wrestling is trash here on the side because I kind of consider that, um, you know, just smoke sessions or whatever, bullshitting, shooting shit, you know. (laughs) Because it's like we only do wrestling this trash whenever the homies call. So my friend Nick or whatever, he'll text me like, hey, man, we need to talk about this. I was like, all right, set up a time and we'll do it. And we just all come together and form Voltron and shit. And we just shoot the shit about wrestling. But other than that, I hadn't been promoting. I hadn't been doing shit. And I was just like, five years feel like a good run to put a pin in it. But when I did that recording not too long ago, whatever, I was like, I know why I'm doing this. I love this shit. <laughs> you know? It's yeah. just, if I'm away from it too long and I get preoccupied with uh, other shit, it's just like, I start to doubt it and just like, feel some type of way about it. You know, I'm just like, oh, I gotta do this shit. But as soon as that person pop up on the thing and I hit that record button, I'm just like, ah! <laughs> where, where have you been all my life? <laughs> but right. five years. Um, I didn't think I'd be doing it this long and I am glad that I've done it. I would do it, gladly do it all over again because, because of the podcast, because of, you know, doing this medium, I was able to meet people like you and Matt and a lot of other people that, you know, I don't see, you know, I think my life would be different had I not 
met these individuals and whatnot. So, I mean, I'm glad to be here still. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. You, you, honestly, for me, I, you should be really proud of yourself for what you've accomplished over the last five years. Um, I In March will be my eighth year in yeah. broadcasting. The old bastard. Yeah, <laughs> um, you know what you've done and how you've like really like been consistent with it, even through like any valleys you've gone through personally or whatever, is really commendable. Because some people will just toss it aside and it's whatever. But I think for the people that take the time to be a content creator and and in 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 that process, it makes you a better person too. I think that's really the charm of what comes with this type of field yeah. because um god knows what i'd be doing if i didn't go into broadcasting i thought i was like so set in my ways and going to the music route when i was in school yeah and what's like my parents got divorced that's like my lowest part of my life and i, I didn't know what to do you know uh, i could have done a lot of things i could have made bad decisions i could have felt sorry for myself but mm. i took a chance on myself as a shy kid at that time to give broadcasting a shot and it it's probably the best decision i made in my life because it's yeah. um gave me a purpose in a, a, a challenge to um you know to call myself out when i'm yeah. feeling down on myself or I, I treat this as therapy in a lot of ways like this is and my escape yeah. uh this is my platform where i can say and do what i want i can learn from my mistakes i can try to help other people with their issues that's why i talk a lot about depression and stuff on the, on the show mm-hmm. each week because it's just real yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's, not, it's not something that i run away or i'm ashamed of it's something i deal with but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what you've done to have three different type of shows, the number of interviews you've done, the fact that you got to partake in podcasting festivals and shit. No, uh, I'm, yeah. miss- I'm missing that shit right yeah. now, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Buddies fly you out and stuff to go to like WrestleMania events and stuff. Like, you know, like, you, you should be really proud of yourself, man. You, and I always told you this since we've known each other that I always puts you in a high level as far as people that do this stuff and people that claim that great because they're a professional broadcaster. I'm a professional broadcaster, and I can tell the good ones from the bad ones. And yeah. you you always been good at your shit. And, you know, we had we had a fucking blast on the pipe bomb. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think you agree. We were both – very proud for how that show went and yeah. what it represented and stuff. And, um, you know, it's crazy how much like wrestling has brought people together. And in that process, yeah, you kind of realize how small this world is too. Hell yeah. It's just like, I, 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 I can't understand it. It's just like, I can go somewhere and, you know, just, just, it's almost like a, um, a bat signal or whatever. You can go out there and be like too sweet or something out loud, or just go woo, and motherfuckers be like woo. You be like, what the? Fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not alone. <laughs> or you just walking randomly somewhere, you see somebody wearing a wrestling shirt, and you're like, it's you. You're one of us. <laughs> the new new trend I noticed is a lot of like Vince McMahon impressions that come out of nowhere, or just people walking down the street doing the strut or whatever. <laughs> yeah, man, we. Man, we we was just talking about this before we recorded properly. We was talking about having fun. I was like, have some fun, damn it. <laughs> just God damn it, we're live. It just comes, it just comes out like that. And it's only a wrestling thing. I don't know too many other sports or other things that you know yield 
just these reactions and emotions like that. Man, we came up with some good, like, creative shit as far as, like, segments are concerned uh, when it came to the pipe bomb. Um, uh, something still ring true. I, I'm not afraid to say that somebody needs to go to the fuck home and stay home because that's just what it is. Uh, Jake Hager, uh, you're still number one on that list. Boy, <laughs> you know, a lot of people heralded his match with uh, Wardlow as a good match, one of the best matches that he's done in a long time. I did not see it i mean i saw it like as in i watched it but like nah i don't think that was honestly it's a good match for wardlow not (laughs) because wardlow had to work with him right exactly (laughs) and then i don't think he's been wrestling that long has he uh wardlow uh i thought four or five years i know i know justin labar knows him uh they used to work with each other in a pittsburgh independent promotion he's from that area um, so yeah, he's very talented. I think that dude's gonna he have it. He has something and he can go far if he really pursued it and just continue to evolve and change. Um, yeah. I almost feel like he should be in Hager's spot and Hager should just go focus on MMA and do that shit. But you know, it is what it is. I mean, it, it, despite what we feel about him, you know, as part as I taste or whatnot for a professional wrestler. Hager may not be it, but he is a veteran and he's been in the system for a long time and he does have a lot of experience that he can pass on to him. That's why you see a lot of these matchups. Why is Jericho wrestling this guy? Because he's smartening the other guy up. Why is Hager wrestling this guy? Because he's giving him that big hoss mentality. He's showing him some new skills that he can add on and further progress the thing that is professional wrestling. It's been almost, I don't know, maybe two years or so since we had like a real wrestling conversation and what our thoughts are on stuff. Oh, so this yeah. is going to be interesting. All right. Um, I don't know how much time you've had to like check out some segments or whatever for the shows that we've done over the last couple of months or so or whatever. But um, me and Brett Carter came up with a segment called uh, what the hell is wrong with AEW? <laughs> yeah. I've, I've yeah. heard a little bit. Yeah. 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 So a uh, little uh uh, pulling back the curtain uh, behind the fourth wall, if you will, as CM Punk said. Um, <laughs> what the hell is wrong with AW's um, kind of a spinoff to go the fuck home and stay the fuck home? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I do mention a couple things here and there to balance things out of matches or some stuff here and there that I do like about AW. Uh, my stance has not changed mm-hmm. since this promotion started, and I think they are sending mixed messages to their audience each yes, every yes. single week. I can, and, I can agree with that. And the that's the thing that bothers me the most is that the fact that we're about a year and a half into this promotion and mm-hmm. I still don't know what their identity is. Yeah. Um it just depends on the wrestler, kinda. Because no, I'm our, talking about the overall show. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It just depends on the wrestling at that point. Because at some points in time, they push in the new talent. At other points in time, it's just overpowered by you know one of the established stars like a Cody or Kenny or something like that. Yeah. And then other times, I don't know what the fuck going on. It's just not so much the show itself. It's just it's a presentation that we're not really accustomed to yet. Because even personally. Um, over the past couple of days, I've just been watching different wrestling promotions that I would have never watched edgewise. Like I watched the last DDT pay-per-view, that okay. the, the, the Japan show. I watched a little bit of Dragon Gate last night. 
Um, I watched a little MLW yesterday as well. And it's just weird to watch, you know, something that you're not really used to seeing all the time. Cause yeah. I was, I, f- I felt about these shows that I just mentioned the way I felt about new Japan when I first watched it. <clears throat> and I was like, this is garbage. And, and it's not because of the performances of the individuals. It's just the presentation because I was so used to these LED screens and these high def cameras and, <laughs> you know, the fucking, the camera just going up and down when your motherfucker hit them with the chair and shit, <laughs> you know, yeah. I was used to that production value for so many years, decades even. And to go to something different, just visually and everything conceptually is just, it's jarring and it kind of takes the wrestling element that you come for out of it. You know, it's just, I'm like, Oh man, this, this arena is foggy. This, you know, the, <laughs> these lights in the background are dark. ROH, other than certain individuals that I go to watch, because I watched the um, final battle pay-per-view and I watched the pure wrestling tournament for the, the crown, the new pure champion. And that was a chore in itself. I did come away with some names that I want to try to keep an eye on. Uh, Jonathan Gresham was one of the ones that I went into the tournament wanting to see anyway, just because I've seen many clips of him on the internet. And um, I found this other guy that they got down there called, um, I forget his first name, but what make him stand out to me, and it's weird to say that, his last name, Yehi. His name is Yehi, his last name. And I was like, that is a cool-ass fucking name. I'm going to watch this guy now. <laughs> and he's a, he's a good performer, but just the name Yehi or whatever, I was just like, yeah, I got to watch this guy. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, it's crazy, uh, Pay back on that point. Um, while I'm not like searching for like local shows like DDT or GCW or stuff like that, uh, it's just, it's also a different experience for me with the amount of shows that I cover <laughs> throughout yeah. the week. Because I mean, you open in a can of worms for yourself because you have a, a set amount of shows that you do now, and they shows do this amount of shows under them, and this brand do a whole bunch of shows under them, and then to go out and to venture in the other territories, you bringing in more work essentially which isn't a bad thing but i mean you're a one-man operation so <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh I'm, I, let's see i'm like a, i'm up to like 14 articles a week on a non-pay-per-view week fuck that couch <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it, it it's crazy like my my like boss in the business it's really changed a lot since i got more into like making the transcripts and mm-hmm. breaking down the shows and write even writing dialogue. I always always add this disclaimer for anybody that reads my website, uh prowrestingtranscriptions.com, by the way, if you want to go check it out. But um, you know, I always say I'm not responsible for promo segments mm-hmm. not making sense. The goal of the website is for it to be a point of reference yeah. for anybody who don't have the time to catch up with the shows. That's why I have it out there. That's why I write down the promos. And also, I have Ryan's discretion to pick out the promos that I do not type out. For example, uh, the Inner Circles, New Year's, wherever the fuck Revolution, that was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I have certain discretion of, of nonsense that I'm just not going to type out. But, like, um, it, it's really changed, like, I can't really say what's my favorite style of wrestling or what's my favorite show. I I think the closest thing I could say is that my favorite WWE show is NXT UK. That that's my favorite uh, show that they produce each week. 
and how like it's, it's really cool that like 205 Live is like having Dusty Rhodes classic uh, matches now. Uh, I think that's really cool. They've been doing some good stuff on that brand as well. But like, I love New Japan Strong that I do every Friday. <laughs> I don't know. It, it, like I said, this is it falls under that same boat. It's just like it's jarring for me right now. I just got to mm-hmm. get used to it. But what I, I I do enjoy about that is just it's here. It's in America and yeah. whatnot. So. They're, they're making their way across. I mean, 2020 kind of stifled that because they was already making headway and it was already um, heading in that direction already. But, you know, it just kind of prolonged it now. Uh, for Wrestle Kingdom 15, they made announcements about um, having the show weekly on American television. So yeah, you got to look forward to that. And um, I was thrilled to see uh, Chris Bay, ACH, um, Leo Rush and all them do the uh was that the super j cup tournament yep. and whatnot so I'm, I'm excited for stuff like that especially we talk about uh aew and we don't know what their singular focus is or you know just as a brand overall but we can see the um, footnotes of greatest greatness you know we got omega back and forward in uh impact and whatnot which is bringing eyes to impact and bringing eyes back to uh aew as weird as that sounds but it's building to something else. And I'm just interested to see what other relationships they are willing to play out on TV. I think for me, when it comes to like Omega and stuff, for me, like, oh, I can respect a couple of moves and sequences he does. He's like the least intimidating top guy I've ever seen in my life. Like, yeah, that's <laughs> like Finn Balor is to me. It's just like, yeah, really? really? I mean, I well, still don't people- like Finn. I still don't like Finn Balor. <laughs> you don't like Finn Balor still? <laughs> no, no. But I mean, I don't discredit him for at, you know him as a performer. I mean, it, I, I use this analogy every time. Just because I don't like him doesn't mean he isn't good. You know, some yeah, people absolutely. like some people like broccoli. Some people don't. I yeah. I, I don't like broccoli. There you go. <laughs> yeah, just because I think Dynamite's an unwatchable show doesn't mean that you can't enjoy it. But that's also the other thing people was say something on Twitter and act like it's the gospel. Yeah. Like I, 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 I just, I've never done that shit. I, I just can't do it. <laughs> it's wasted energy. Don't tell me this because you didn't like the fact that Drew McIntyre beat your fair doesn't mean he's a bad WWE champion. Like, give yeah. me a break. <laughs> and also, we live in an age of instant gratification. Everybody want everything here now, here and now, right now and shit. You know, that's why your storylines get rushed because when they try to cater to you, they fuck a lot of shit up and you'd be like, why the hell did they do that? Well, you wanted the shit now. Hence why we had every first ever woman's match in WWE within less than a year span of each other because everybody kept blaming and convincing about it. Instead of building up some meaningful story, they just fired off everything right after another. They did the first women's pay-per-view. They did the first hell in the cell. They did the first Royal rumble. They did the first, uh, whatever TLC, I think, in the first ladder match, and they did all these first right back to back to back to back to back to back, and now they don't have to do that shit ever again if they don't want to because you got what you wanted, you got your first this and you got your woman's that, and now you can shut the fuck up about it, and we don't have to do it again because we did it to please you, and now it's done. Right. Let me <laughs> go back. Had a woman's pay per view since. <laughs> right. Uh, let, me, let me go back to the Impact AEW thing, uh, because for me, I feel it's kind of like an indictment on AEW. Like, I'm happy that Impact's going to get more, like, traction 
mm-hmm. out of this. But I think they're the only ones that are going to benefit out of this because this is the company that's supposed to write the ills of WWE and be this next WCW. If you need to piggyback on Impact to get more buzz out of your company, I, I, I what, what does that say about you guys? Well, it's the thing of you know their mission statement to change the world. And I just look at it as they are just in that instance doing something that WWE has never done or will ever do. What? What? Have a basically, yeah, yeah, openly crossing, openly cross promoting with another company. Rob, they're having a damn promotion booked by a website. If I wanted to see what a Dave Meltzer wrestling show is, that's what it is. <laughs> but I, I, I don't think nothing bad. I, I really just like the idea of it. I mean, this is, I feel like, let's just say, if WWE did something like this, and they have done something like this, if WWE worked with another company or they just kind of did something to an extent with another company, you already know WWE is about to buy that company out of or absorb them into them in, into their infrastructure to make right. WWE better. If I see this somewhere else, like with AEW doing this with Impact, I feel like instead of trying to make AEW better, they're trying to make the world outside of WWE better because, uh, you know, cross-promoting, does enrich the business it gets more people jobs it gets all this stuff you know so it's just like wwe if i'm working with you it all stays in house AEW, if i work with you it all benefits everyone outside of the house of wwe i think i think the thing that's like a turnoff for me with that is the i know he's doing a uh, booking uh, gaming no not, not the book it's uh it's like i know he's playing a character with this but the tony khan Paid ads. I'm that shit is funny, man. Horrible. I don't. I don't care what you say. That shit's funny, man. <laughs> I mean, it's just you know, it's probably his delivery. If you had somebody with a little more charisma or something like that to you know to pull it off or whatever, it might be that much better. But I, I rather enjoy those. It's just like, I'm well, just I mean, it's cool. It. Rick Rick Moranis is running a wrestling company. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and you, that's sad. What happened to Rick Moranis? He yeah, that was fucked. He stepped away from film and all this media stuff and whatever and he did one itty bitty small ass commercial with Ryan Reynolds then he get mugged (laughs) (laughs) like he's like this is why I stayed away (laughs) right um well all right really quick uh what did you uh think about Wrestle Kingdom what did you like or didn't like oh man I I like both nights I uh it I was confused prior to because you know Kota Ibushi won the G1, so he um, won the briefcase that gives right. him the right to face the champion at Wrestle Kingdom. Um, I watched the whole G1, thoroughly enjoyed it. Thought Kota Ibushi was the call if they were going to pull the trigger. I thought that was a great call. Yeah. But you know, I've talked about this on Wrestling Is Trash and other shows. It's just like they were so up and down on Kota Ibushi because he was not a homegrown new japan talent he made his way outside and then came in and you know he left to go to wwe and do that cwc shit he did some european stuff or whatever he he did wrestling his way 
outside of the confines of the New Japan system. So yeah. whenever he achieved, even Jay White put that in his promo, which is fucking smart. Anytime he achieved any type of success or whatever, bow, the legs just get cut out right from under him or whatever. He won the G1 the, the, the previous year, didn't win the big one. He um, had a couple of other opportunities to get the championship and, you know, in some other key uh, events, they, they pulled the rug out from under him because what we not realizing outside of the storyline, this is the company's decision not to put gold on this man who is a phenomenal performer at right. 38 years old. Look like he got damn 23. And now um, here I am 38 and I just look like a bag of potatoes and shit. And I'm just like, wow, <laughs> what the fuck? Right. And um, to finally see him, to finally to see the company putting trust enough in this guy to put the straps on him. It was a beautiful moment, man. I was just like, yeah. wow, this is fucking amazing. And I got to witness this shit. And Jay White. My guy. That that dude, man. Mm-hmm. He is that dude. And I would have been upset had he won, but at the same time, I wouldn't have been upset. I was like, because it's, it's a good call either way because it fits his fucking character. From the day that he stepped back into New Japan after he did his um his excursion and all that stuff or whatever, he's been the guy to me. The only thing that I recommended, and he did it, was I was like, dude, you need some hair on your face because that daggone <laughs> freaking, I don't know, crybaby Johnny Depp look that he had going on or whatever. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. yeah that it, was it, it wasn't doing it for me. He he truly looked like a 12-year-old with a with his big brother's coat on and shit, you know? <laughs> but Jay White, despite what other people may think, he is a phenomenal performer, and he's done it in such a short time, and he's done everything that he said in his promos, which I like the continuity. I like the consistency. He's like, he didn't want to join a faction when he first got there because he's like, what's the point? You know, it's only going to hinder me from my aspirations and whatnot. And then he got with chaos only out of self-preservation and to tear it down to an extent from the inside. Cause while he was in chaos, his issue was with why does not chaos members challenge the champion, which was Okada at the time, you know, I want to be a champion and are we supposed to just fall in line because we all under the same camp. So he broke, down chaos within there and you know he caused a lot of dissension and then when he had the opportunity to take over bullet club he weaseled his way in there and he did all that shit then he the icing on the cake for that was down when he got gato in his corner and he made him betray okada which initially when he got into chaos that was his major qualm anyway was okada so it was full circle he's like i had an issue here i got here that, oh man, it's just like I can go on and on and on about Jay White, and it's just like his fate now. He can stay even New Japan, or he can go somewhere else. But I feel like, honestly, he's achieved everything that he could achieve there in New Japan. He's already been the IWGP Intercontinental Champion, IWGP United States Champion, IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. So I mean, that's not too much for him to do unless he has tag team aspirations which i highly doubt and i don't think there's not much more story you can tell with jay white in new japan it's i'm very curious to see where things are gonna go with him um i'll be honest with you i'm not like the biggest fan of the double champion thing i'm yeah. And, um, it, 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 it's fine in certain cases, but sometimes it's not. But I really thought 
they did a great job telling that story from both nights. Uh, the match with the uh, Naito was really good with the Bushi, and then, like you mentioned, that forty-eight minute. <laughs> uh, the, longest, the longest main event bout in Tokyo Dome history. I thought Kevin Kelly's calls for both of those matches were just absolutely um, supreme, man. That guy is my favorite uh, uh, play-by-play guy right now. He's just awesome at what he does. You know, it was obviously a different call. Give me every time, man. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It was a different vibe this year, obviously, because – the pandemic, there wasn't as a lot of matches as you usually get on these uh, type of Wrestle Kingdom shows. Uh, I kind of felt bad for my guy Ishii just being on the fucking Battle Royal. I don't even know what that was. <laughs> it's only because of the times we're living in, and they're suffering from the same thing that WWE is suffering from and other companies to an extent. It's just you only have an approved amount of talent and whatnot because some people are stuck in other countries or some people are just right just can't come in because of COVID concerns and all kind of other crap. So you're stuck recycling these same matches and these same people over and over and over. Exactly. Again. Yeah. That that's what I wanted to bring up. It's like I, for me, I can't view wrestling like booking wise right now as if you're yeah. booking a show for twenty thousand people because mm-hmm. twenty thousand motherfuckers are not there. So, well, it's like, in the case of New Japan, but <laughs> well, yeah, because they're smart and we're not. That's exactly. You know. <laughs> uh, but still, it's like ever since the whole pandemic started, it's like okay, I wanted to like take a step back and appreciate like the art of the matches now instead of just worrying about storylines and things that are going to connect for a 20,000 crowd because they're not there anymore. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, when it comes to storylines and whatever booking decisions go down, that's so subjective at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. I wanted to see the art of who's really good and who's not as far as who could go in the ring because that's wrestling. That's the ultimate story is in that ring. And to see what guys like Drew McIntyre's done during this time period as a champion. Randy Orton, obviously, he's had the best year of his career. Yeah. I mean, some people <laughs> don't know, but um, uh, well, what do you think about the Tribal Chief and uh, what he's doing so far? You know, this is it's kind of satisfying because I'm a guy, and you know it, that's always liked Roman Reigns, but I hated the people who hated him because some of them was just hating him just to hating him and some people right. it's just like the whole john cena john cena sucks thing you're only saying it because that's a trope in the crowd it's just like saying the woo or all this other. i think it's highly fucking disrespectful to tell kurt angle he sucks because he does not suck you know and you know it's just like a <laughs> the appeal of the thing is the trope is the thing you do when you go to wrestling shows but i think that's highly fucking disrespectful it and is. it's stupid <laughs> well, the time when it was happening you know in live action back back in those times i mean it made sense but here we are years later we're way past that shit over a decade possibly and it's just like you're still doing this shit it's, it's fucking stupid john cena proved that he doesn't fucking suck you know he's just a different type of professional wrestler and he had to, you know, make do with what he has been given, you know, and yeah. he proved that he, he's not a shitty wrestler. And here we are still saying all these years later, John Cena sucks. Or, you know, see, let's go see. You know, see this is fucking stupid. It is stupid. fucking respectful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I felt bad for Kurt. When I was in um, uh, Orlando at the dump uh, when he got in uh, into the Hall of Fame, dumping World Stadium, as yeah. you call it. Uh, they're chatting, you suck. I'm like, come on, man. Know, it's dude, hall this fame. dude is getting inducted into the fucking <laughs> a, a wrestling Hall of Fame, and you talking about, you suck. It's <laughs> stupid people, people, people. Mm. You know, but I, I was going to say, like, um, I'm really happy for Roman and seeing like the different layers of how he goes as far as cutting his promos and stuff. The only uh, thing that I wish, well, not wish, but the only thing that I I, I wonder what would have been different if um, Jimmy wasn't injured. That's the one that's yeah. great. How that how yeah. this whole thing would be? Would he have both of them at his side, kind of doing the same thing? Would he wrestled? Would he have wrestled both of them? Or you know, that's the only thing that I'm interested in. But everything as is right now is pretty good. Yeah, you know, this is the perfect time for towns to like maximize their TV time. And I think exactly, I think Jay Uso's done that in a lot of ways uh, over the last couple of months. Hell, even I was watching last night with his uh, promo uh, for yeah, his match with Nakamura. And um, he, he's just cutting his promo. And it's like, it doesn't feel like I'm hearing a mid card guy. Uh, here's Jay Uso. He's talking this shit. He's doing his Uso, like sling. And it's, it's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's the thing, though. He He's had main event opportunities now since he's been on his own and, you know, COVID shit. And despite the way Nakamura is booked, Nakamura is a main event, you know? So, I mean, he has to step up his game to meet that of Nakamura's, even though, you know, on WWE television, it doesn't look like that. One last thing at WWE before we uh, get out of here. Um, what do you think is next for uh, Seth Rollins when he comes back? That's hard to say, man. He's another guy that's, achieved everything that you can achieve in wwe nxt champion intercontinental champion uh, united states champion yep. uh, universal champion world WWE champion champion. tag team champion just he's done it all you know um what money in the bank winner i don't right. think he won a royal rumble so there's uh, a accolade that he can achieve but i mean it pretty much depends on him here on out now man it's just like he's a, he got a family now I know his wife is going to want to come back and probably wrestle some more, but how long is that going to last? You know, because right. I mean, look, we got examples as far as the Bellas go. They were putting, especially Nikki, they were putting on some of the best performances as professional wrestlers to date, you know, you know, when they were here and they got pregnant and not saying it's a bad thing, but um, they got pregnant and everything. And they just kind of, you know, fell away from the business and just worried about family things, which eventually is going to happen with Becky. So, you know, who's to say how long they got left, you know? So it's just in his hands right now. I don't think he'll ever go to another company from this point forward, but it just depends on him how long he stays and how relevant he can keep himself. <laughs> I got to tell you, one of my uh, favorite parts of Raw right now is the the Hurt Business. It's, it, in my opinion, Boy. it's the best Boy. wrestling right now. Man. MVP is already my dude. He's all favor. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And you know, they they have atoned for the atrocities that they have committed against MVP. And I'm only speaking of one in particular. Okay. When they had the first Raw, like the Raw Legends Night thing or whatever, when all those guys came back, like the first time they ever did that, MVP was there, but he was backstage with uh 
uh, freaking APA doing the little car game. And the oh. only thing he did was like, Bowling. And I was like, you motherfuckers. Raw 25, this, I remember. Yeah, Raw 25 or whatever the fuck it was. <laughs> I was like, this is how you're going to use M V motherfucking P. Right. This is what you're going to do with him. And I was like, oh, fuck <laughs> you guys. Fuck all y'all. And I was fortunate enough to be at the Royal Rumble here in Houston, Texas at the freaking Minute Maid Park. I was sitting there. I was this damn, this is the, the freaking entranceway. I'm over here in the, in the crowd and I'm coming. I was like, oh, repeat. <laughs> so I got to see my man live in my home. Well, not my hometown, but where I live. And it's just, it blew my motherfucking mind. Then to see Edge come back that night as well. How was that? Roof. If, because uh, Minute Maid Park, they have uh, the retracting roof. Right. They, if they freaking, if they would have opened that thing up, just all that sound would have caused all kind of wrecks and collisions right there on the freaking highway and everything. Because that shit was thunderous. It was louder than any pyro that they could damn put in that arena that night. It was just wow. I mean, I, I don't have the words to describe feelings, man. And then you can see it in his face too. Whenever you go yeah. back and watch that moment or whatnot, he was just like, yeah, I'm here. Ooh, ooh, sad emotions. <laughs> you know, it was fucking amazing. And then he came one, hit all them spears. It was just right. fucking awesome. That was one of the um, best return matches. ever. <laughs> oh yeah, one of the best returns and one of the best rumble matches of all time. Um, no, I didn't. I was kind of pissed about the Brock shit. But, oh, you didn't like that? <laughs> but, but as it progressed, I mean, it just it got a little bit better because I mean, you threw he threw out MVP, which I was mad about. I was like, he just came back. Why are you gonna do this? You know. <laughs> so I was kind of mad about that, but right. I mean, it, it progressively got better once they started weeding through all the other shit. You know, the interaction with Keith Lee that was fucking funny as hell. He's like, oh, you a big boy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so all that was cool. Yeah, uh, we got so, we got a lot of wrestling that never stops. I mean, there's a pay per view tonight. I got to type out heart, heart to kill. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm interested in that. I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it, whether I do it legally or illegally. That's yet to be seen or yeah. to be dispelled. <laughs> but <laughs> way, thoughts, eyes on it. thoughts go out to Alex Shelley. I, they met. Uh, mentioned the reason why he's not on the pay-per-view tonight, but Moose is replacing um, Alex Shelley in the six-man tag uh, with Omega and the Good Brothers, so be Rich Juan, Moose, and Chris Saban, which, in a way, is another bridge way to Rich Juan and Moose's... Uh, yeah, because of the, the, the beef they got together, and yeah. it's, um, your champion's up front with the... Yeah, yeah. It, 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 but, what, did he get hurt or something? Or? They said uh, unavoidable circumstances or something like that. I don't know if it's a personal issue, but any anyway, I, I mean, it can be a number of things. Shelley. But yeah, if they, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, but um, God, Eddie Edwards and uh, Sam Callahan a barbed wire <laughs> massacre match. Like, I don't know what's gonna happen there. I don't, I, don't get it with, I don't get it with the Callahan guy. Well, think about how having a barbed wire match with. Nothing there. Like, yeah, you can hear Josh Matthews' bad commentary. Well, he's gone now. He's gone now. So I, I saw I'm, that. That made my year. That made my dude, year. <laughs> you know, I talked about how things look aesthetically and everything, how it's kind of jarring watching all these different promotions. I went to watch Genesis or whatever, and they could have had some great matches. I think the only thing that I enjoyed was Jazz and Jordan Grace. That was good. Matter. And uh, Willie Mack and Moose. 
those are the two things that I invested in. But outside of those two things, I was just kind of like blah on it because of Madison Rain and fucking Josh Matthews. And I was just like, I don't know what it was like. It, uh, it sounded like he was doing an infomercial for professional wrestling. You know, that's I was like, you just don't have it, dude. Uh, hopefully, your your skills are better suited for the backstage area where he is going. But I mean, this commentary thing is not your thing. I mean, even when yeah, he, was he, was doing he, he, he was giving away finishes for the final three count. When well, I don't think stuff. I don't think that was his fault. I think it is. No, he fault. does it all the time, though. I thought it was like a sinking issue because they're not really there live doing the commentary or whatnot. I thought it was just like a bad sinking issue. So it's just like their tracking is off versus what's being shown on TV. I'll try to give them the benefit of the doubt, but I mean, it's still shitty. But, I got um, a soft spot for Mass and Rain, but that's uh, waterfall reasons. <laughs> yeah. But um, we're going to have D'Lo Brown and Matt Stryker, which everybody was like, oh, Matt Stryker. Matt Stryker is fucking awesome. I don't give a fuck what nobody say. I've, I've had the uh, pleasure of meeting and interviewing uh, Matt Stryker before. That guy is the man. Yeah, Boys know me, I miss Lucha Underground a lot. Yeah. He was the voice of that show, and he yeah. did a great job with that brand. And then – um. D-Lo. <laughs> you gonna be seeing no commentary like, oh god, he did it. <laughs> but um, uh, speaking of Lucha Underground, I, I I still have yet to see season three. I, I got a means to watch it now, so I'm gonna probably go back and binge all that. But um, Mil Mortis just made his debut in the MLW, and I got to see that the other night. I was like, wow, it's just he doesn't seem right outside of the Lucha Underground arena. Uh, you know, just that whole aesthetic surrounding those the characters, how they did all that made it actually feel like a television show more than a wrestling program. It, but to see him outside of that thing is just like weird, you know. I gotta tell you, man, they've had they had the coolest gimmick matches yeah. out of any promotion over the last 10 years. Grave consequences. Hmm. Um <laughs> this ain't the match where they can just fight all over the motherfucker and they're going through walls and shit. Yeah. Freaking Angelico just fucking flying oh, over the, the office and, and everything. what happens when they're interesting. <laughs> yeah. oh, man. But that's 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 the thing about um, what was unique about Lucha Underground, though. They treated it like a television show, so they had the added benefit of editing. Yes, they did a lot of editing on that show, and you wouldn't think it because they did a decent job. Because there's some parts that you can tell, some parts where they had to do spots over again, and you know where they cut things out. They added sound to the kicks and everything, so you know how motherfuckers slap they thigh and everything. I mean, that's a given. We all know that, but yeah. they were amplifying those sounds to make it sound more just dangerous and hard and everything. So. They was adding their own SmackDown pops, pretty much. <laughs> so, but it was still a great show. It was because I was invested in the whole storyline throughout the series, rather than the wrestling was just kind of like the icing on the cake. Oh, uh, you remember uh, Pentagon and Vampiro? Yeah, that whole thing was just like, wow, that was his master. <laughs> what was their big show? Was the Ultimate Lucha? That, yeah, that was uh, like WrestleMania. Yeah, Ultimate Lucha. Yeah. Ultima Lucha Dos and Thrace. Yeah. Yeah. Because they did it at the end of each season. Mm, Katrina. 
just uh, magnificent waterfall and a good manager too. She was uh, really good at what she did too. Yeah, that, that one girl kind of reminds me of her in MLW. The one that oh Selena. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah. that kind of reminds me of her. It's just like uh, her light. <laughs> oh, did you see her in um, a toot going back and forth on Twitter the other day? I don't know if that's like storyline or whatever, but if it is, it's pretty funny with her. Uh, her and uh, Miss uh, Alicia too. They're uh, talking talking the shits on the Twitter. The oh, other. I don't know. I miss that. Yeah. <laughs> Probably setting up for an interview. You know how they do. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll give MLW credit. They do um, use social media well into blooding into their show. So uh, shout out to Corey and everybody. They're doing some good stuff there. I, I mean, tell you, you should do. That's what you should do, man. Especially the age that we live in now. I don't think a lot of companies. Are embracing the tools that they have right now, like especially social media and that. I gotta tell you, man, Leo Rush's uh, song that he used for the Super J Cup in New Japan, I I digged it, man. That, that song, I don't know the name of that. Somebody needs to send that to me. But that's been something he wrote himself. Oh, uh, he's talented. I I, I wouldn't doubt it. That dude's fucking yeah. awesome. Because I think the little the joint that he used in um, MLW or whatever was from an album that he got coming out. Or whatever yeah. so and that's that's just even another thing too is just the whole social media thing we we know the thing about ww and the third party shit and whatnot but um mlw is kind of doing it from what i've saw because i haven't seen a lot of it uh leo rush just cut a promo about being the middleweight champion and everything and the challenges that are coming up and whatnot and yeah. as his music was playing in the background for the promo they had like a little bumper down on the lower third of the screen showing the album that it come from and you know where you can get it and all kind of stuff. That shit like that is cool, you know. My my favorite part of MLW is um Contra. I just like the yeah, don't I'm just getting into it or whatever. I've only seen a couple of episodes, and then um hopefully if everything pans out, I have a future guest that's on MLW, uh your boy uh Zenchi. Oh, Zenchi. Yeah, so he should be on the show here. Very nice. Pretty soon, so I get to talk to him. So, uh, yeah. I'm- I was going to say, um, for our main event this week, pal, um, <laughs> uh, we got to update uh, our list. Oh. I can do that. Does All my right. music work? Let's see. Our waterfall list. The sexy time music. <laughs> oh, <boy>. oh yeah! <laughs> really instrumental better this for a song. It's just an instrumental that I found somewhere. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Um, all right. Is it too loud? Because I can turn it. No, down. it's good. No, it's perfectly fine. <laughs> it's cracking me up. Um, I gotta say, Ty Valkyrie is on my list. I I had her off for a while, but she's definitely uh, elevated, if you will. I think I think you, uh, I, I enjoyed her better in Lucha Underground as well, or whatnot. I mean, definitely, uh, time has taken its toll. I'm not saying it in a negative way. She's got a little thick and whatnot, which is nothing wrong with that. But um, I kind of prefer the version of her in uh, Lucha Underground a little bit better, but does not detract from uh putting her on the list <laughs> how about you my man oh speaking of tires uh tire conti boy boy mm-hmm. they know what they're doing over there 
because they put her and Anna Jay together, and then they, uh, I think, uh, she had that match with Serena Deeb here for the, the New Year Smash joint. Well, not that cameraman was properly paced the whole time. He knew what the fuck. You could tell, big You're time. Yeah, them, them cheeks <laughs> just bubbly bow. <laughs> her freaking uh, that thing she was wearing on her legs. Exactly. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> but I mean, outside of uh, visually stimulating and pleasing, um, I believe she's improved. Hell of a lot from when I've seen in um, the women's tournament and um, the little stint that she had in NXT. So that's a plus. And I, I like the little, the freaking uh, judo throws that she do. The little, the thrice amigos. That's she said. That's a version of it. She she's very good in the ring. I, I'm I'm really excited for her future. Um, you know what? I'm gonna add her cohort to my list. Yes, Speaking of improvement and stuff, uh, she has it. Yeah. Every facet, uh, the promos she does on BT are pretty funny too. I, uh, I uh, wow, I need to catch up. I love how she carries herself. Um, oh, I like how she carries herself too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, I call that pierogi waterfall. Uh, uh, some people, where's the boing know, button? I forgot to put that on here. <laughs> some people that know me know that like pierogi is one of like my favorite, like side dishes, like mm-hmm. appetizer wise. I, I can't, I get pierogies any day of the week and, and Jake fits in that category. Uh, she's definitely wife material. So, uh, I add her to the list. Also, uh, side, since we're talking about AEW, uh, let's add uh, Penelope Ford as an honorable mention as well. Yeah, yeah, honorable mention. I mean, I, I'm not too sold on Penelope. Yeah, she wouldn't be on the top of my list, but she's like honorable, like mm-hmm. one night, <laughs> one night stand. Yeah, yeah. I think she, in uh, ring wise, she need, still needs some refinement and whatnot. I, I, she has some, she has a great amount of athleticism. But it's just, you know, she's rough around the edges. I think she just needs to kind of, you know, work on that a little bit more. And, you know, she supposedly getting married or married to a wrestler who's pretty decent. So, I mean, they should make some fairly better moves together and whatnot. I don't know. Are you uh, talking about uh, Ty's new Roman font, uh, Kit Sabian? (laughs) I don't know what happened with him, man. It's just like right out the gate when they first started. You know, he was, I, I thought he was pretty good. But just now that he saddled with Penelope and doing the thing with Miro, oh, it's just like, it's just, just it's like blah. It's just like, ugh, you know? The rise and fall of Miro. <laughs> he, he just don't, it's. That's another thing with AW, though. All these, like, guys who think they're being higher seals because they don't have uh, creative restrictions anymore. Dude, they're in the same fucking place that they were. <laughs> In WWE, yeah, because Sean Spears, where the fuck is that? (laughs) I don't know, man. It's just you, you truly, true, you truly see the value in somebody whenever they go somewhere else and whatnot. Because what we were presented with Sean Spears in WWE, you think he could have been an intercontinental champion or something like that to that effect? Then he get to AEW, and it's just like, oh, this is what you wanted to do. That Mohawk is pretty cool, guy. <laughs> but I don't know, man. It, it is yet to be seen and whatnot. Because it, what AEW suffers from is you got the people that essentially kind of run the show, a part of the show. So that doesn't yeah. leave 
much space for anybody else coming in or newer talent. It's a you got Kenny Omega, who's also an EVP or whatever the fuck, who was in the main event with the fucking title. Then you got Cody, who was always there, kind of like a Triple H esque role or whatever, but not really. So yeah. he's always there. Then you got the Young Bucks, who want to wrestle, but they're also running shit behind the scenes as well. So I mean, you have that stigma with AEW that like you know these guys run the show and they're in the show. So it kind of like oh you know because freaking Ed, eddie kingston could have won a title and yeah. it could have been perfectly fine freaking hell lance archer could have won the fucking championship and they could have been fine but i can understand them um what they did with moxley because moxley is hot <laughs> you know so that makes sense jericho he's just bringing some fame and acclaim to the show he needs to go home he he, he, he does he does, and I truly believe after his contract is done with AEW, he'll he'll be done. You know, he might go back to WWE and do like some cameo shit or whatever, or you know, maybe even get inducted. Yeah. But I truly believe that this is the end for Jericho, and this is why he's done doing a lot of the shit that he's doing now here in AEW. Because I mean, it looked like he's having fun. He's just doing whatever the fuck you want to do. Because mm-hmm. I really feel that this is the last hurrah for Chris Jericho, which it should be. Oh, n- not just the fact of him and MJF having the worst segment in wrestling last year, but uh, you talking about the dancing joint? Yeah, that that's hey just, man, uh, that was highly acclaimed. That was highly touted. Was embarrassing. <laughs> just as embarrassing as FCR having a competitive match with Marco Stunt the other night. <laughs> hey, hey man. Broccoli. Some people like broccoli, some people don't. So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it is what it is. Right. I think Jericho does bring value to the, the product. He, do, he does bring eyes. But me as a fan, me as a watcher and a consumer, I'm just like, go the fuck home, dude. It's, it's time. It's time. It's time. But it's I'll, caveat, I'll caveat this with everything that I always say. I talk shit about The Undertaker. I talk shit about Goldberg and a lot of those other people that I feel that shouldn't be in the product. I that's just my personal opinion. That's right. just one man. That's just the way I think. But from the human aspect of it, if you can make a freaking financial gain for yourself and your family, you can provide and you know just set yourself up for success personally and financially. Do it if you feel like you can do it physically. Do it. I will not fault a man for taking care of himself and his family. But me as a watcher, as a consumer, fuck you. I don't give a shit what you got going on personally. Get your punk ass off my goddamn TV. Give me something I want to see. Yeah, me too. So it's kind of like the same thing with Sting. Like, go home. You're doing the same thing every week, just walking down with snow. Awesome. Yeah, and it just goes to the point, and, you know, him as a man, and he feel like he can still do it and he can still bring value, which I think, you know, he will, it, depending on what where they go with him and Darby Allen, which I think that should be the thing. And even just him being there, not even as an on-screen capacity, he does bring value to the product because he has the knowledge, he has the experience and everything, and he can pass that on backstage and just mentor. I like that aspect of having people come back. But that aspect of them coming back in the ring, nah, fuck that shit. <laughs> <laughs> really quick, I'll go back to the waterfall stuff really quick. Uh, there's a lot of WWE talent we've mentioned over the years, so I can't really like update it in that way. I mean, Zaya Lee. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm gonna say that Scarlet Bordeaux is like Lake Michigan waterfall, but boy, 
boy, they, and that's another one. They, them cameramen knew what the fuck they were doing, and she know what she doing. She's smart as hell too. She know she know the ass sets that she bring to the table and whatnot, and that's why she is better suited as a valet rather than a professional wrestler. I haven't seen so much of her as a wrestler, but I have seen that ass. And she know what she doing with it or whatnot. The smoke show and the impact and, you know, just being the arm piece and the mouthpiece for Killer Cross. She she knows her place, you know. I mean, if you love wrestling and you want to wrestle, I mean, that's one thing. But I think her value is more suited where it is now. And it's, she she's good at it. She's good at it. And that ass, though. <laughs> <laughs> when she walked around um your boy Finn Balor, whatever, she knew what the hell she was doing. She didn't even do like a, a continuous walk around him. She walked in front of him, stopped, ass at the camera, and then walked around. I was like, you, you, you know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, I, had a, I had a couple from um X UK that stood out to me, like Aoife Valkyrie, who's uh one of the new like female stars they got. She's uh like Killer she- Kelly. Oh, uh, <laughs> she's still number one on my list, and that no, no there's something else to be said there. No, she's fantastic. Um, yeah, Aoife Valkyrie. Uh, I I don't mind Kaylee Ray <laughs> in yeah. a way too. Yeah. She's yeah. all right. Yeah. Um, she's been champion for a while, hadn't she? Yeah, she has a title match with uh, Ginny. Speaking yeah, of that, yeah. uh, Ginny, uh, they have a big match next week for the NXT UK Women's Title. By the way, Walter and A Kid had a fucking barn burner. The I didn't day. see the whole <laughs> match. I'm gonna have to go back and watch it. But those clips that I did see, fuck that clothesline, the goddamn oh man, the dude head hit the mat. Like you know how they do the shit, the the spots where. They hit him with the arm, and you know the momentum is supposed to carry him over. They do like a twisty, turny, flippy thing, or whatever. Right. That motherfucker did not make a full rotation. He just said, "Straight to the ground." <laughs> Lawn dart, Ray Mysterio into the side of the trailer type deal. <laughs> Walter, to me, is definitely today's Andre. The way he carries himself in the ring, and what he, the way he's presented too, in a lot of ways, uh, makes me think of that. But Walter's the man. What I want to see ran back is him in a dragon off. Oh, that was that, that was great. The whole story leading up to that whole match was awesome. And dragon off could have pulled it off. They could have pulled the trigger on that. And I would not have been mad. That was a great match. And it's just, I like dragon off. And then I told you, um, you know how I feel about Finn Balor, but what do you think about his protege? Uh, Jordan. Jordan Devlin? Yeah. Oh, fuck man. That, Complete 180 on that dude. Soon as I seen him in the um, Cruiserweight Classic, I was like, this is Finn Balor light. I was like, then they said, oh, he was trained by Finn Balor. This makes fucking sense. <laughs> yes, this exactly makes sense. The same boots and kick pads, the same type of cut trunks, just the way he kind of carried himself at the time. Right. Was very Finn Balor like. And I was just like, that's why I did not like him right off the bat. But, you know, he tweaked himself. And um, I also, I went back previous to the CWC and um, seen some of his stuff that he did elsewhere. And that was the promo work and um, some of the promo packages that I've seen with him and other competitors, it kind of turned me on him a little bit. But then I started seeing him performing all the way up until he got that uh, Cruiserweight Championship here in Houston, Texas, when they did the Worlds Collide thing or whatever. I was there live. Yeah. And I was not going to go to that show, but not to take away from Jordan Devlin, but 
I was not going to go to that show at all. I was just content with going to the Royal Rumble or whatever. And I was like, I'm not going this shit. I ain't going to spend no money on this or whatever. But when they announced Finn Balor versus Dragunov, that was the match that made me buy a ticket and go to that show. Not because so much of Finn Balor, because I wanted to see Dragunov, you know. But I talk like Finn Balor is not one of my um, favorite, because he's not. But he does produce fairly decent matches with other opponents. He's had great matches with Johnny Gargano, which I kind of starting to feel a certain type of way about Gargano. But you put Finn Balor in that match with anybody, it's going to be a fairly decent match, regardless of how I feel about him. It's going to be a good match. And I wanted to see what type of match he was going to have with Dragunov, and that's why I went to that show. But Jordan Devlin, man, the damn what really cemented it for me is his uh, promo stuff when you turn heel. But that damn fucking side Saido suplex shit that he do when he uh, grabbed him up by the wrist and yank him up and boy yeah. that sold the fuck out of me I was like what is that yeah uh, the devil inside they, that's what they call that devil inside um, yeah there's a lot of good stuff from NCK I, I love Noam Dar as a heel that guy's fucking hilarious um, Ben Carter the guy that snatched up from AW is a really good get and um Watch out for uh, Rampage Brown. That's the guy that could yeah, I heard of him, yeah. Walter down the road as well. But um, really quick, Rob, um, tell the good brothers and sisters where they can uh, find your lovely work, my man. Word. I am the host of the Random Rounds with Rob podcast. It's a variety show. Not really. I just talk to random people. <laughs> and um, you can find that on various social media platforms to include Twitter at 3RShow, Instagram at the. 3R show, uh, Facebook and twitch.tv forward slash 3R show. You can find me um, hosting my other side show on Twitch called The Wrestling is Trash. Not The Wrestling. I cut the the off there. Wrestling is trash, you know. <laughs> so um, it's, it, I call it, I have recently dubbed it The People's Podcast because you don't have to, it's not a, a weekly format. It's just if I know people and you have, you want a platform to just to talk about wrestling and get some shit about wrestling off your chest. Wrestling this trash is the place for you. I mean, we you just tell me when you got the time available. We'll fire it up and we'll sit there and we'll shoot the shit about professional wrestling because that's what it's all about. Get it all out in the open. So wrestling this trash on social media as well. Wrestling be trash on Twitter. Uh, wrestling is trash on Instagram. I don't post there a lot because I don't do the show frequently. But you can find all 62 episodes on randomrob.com. It's over there on my banner on the wall over there. I had to blank it out because it was an old website and I just taped over it. <laughs> but randomrob.com, you can find anything pertaining to me and all my shows. Make sure to bookmark randomrob.com and yeah. make sure to scratch his shows. Um, I was going to mention this to you before we head out of here. Uh, I was talking to Matt and um, it looks like probably in the next two or three weeks, we're going to cook up that uh, reunion show. Word. So, yes. <laughs> I will have all the appropriate sounds by then. <laughs> it's long overdue, but that that podcast may be the podcast of the year once it's done recording. So that should be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Folks, you can follow me on Twitter if you like at the Hoots Podcast. I'm at Josh Lopez94 on Instagram. Um I I feel like I'm turning into like the wrestling media audit raider. No, auditor. That's what you call it. There you go. The yeah, auditor. Yeah. 
You're the, you're the wrestling stenographer. <laughs> yeah, I'm a stenographer, but I'm also the guy who uh, fact checks bullshit yeah. that's reported out there as well. Uh, kind of like Brian Alvarez, everything that comes out of his mouth. But um, <laughs> I do that on social media and um, also – uh, I, I host whose podcast you check out all the, all the podcasting platforms and um yeah you like at almost 250 right now are you past that yet i just did 240 on uh, yeah. uh thursday yeah so. you getting up there dude <laughs> yeah it's going by fast my man <laughs> yeah but uh we got a lot of fun stuff on the horizon um i'll definitely be coming on wrestling is trash sooner or later I, I definitely got more time now since i'm in my new place now so yeah celebration uh, we're gonna make it happen, and uh, <laughs> we're gonna make it happen. But uh, Rob, man, thank you so much. It's been a lot of fun today, and it was really cool to catch up with you, good brother. And uh, we'll do this again soon. All right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm here for that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, folks. That's B Rob. I'm Joshy. Have a wonderful weekend, and we'll talk to y'all later. Uh, yes, sir. Rise, motherfucker. <laughs>